0: Those are some folks who needed a new game plan. Uh, We're talking about uh, the X's and O's for winning at the game of life over the next few weeks here at Timber Ridge. We're so glad you're here for week two of our game plan message series. We're talking about getting an eye in team this morning, and so as we kick things off, I thought about the different teams, some of the greatest teams uh, that have, have been in the last few decades, and, and so I thought I'd share some of those with you this morning. One of them is Tennessee, so obviously women's basketball uh, comes to mind as one of the greatest teams, the the late, great coach Pat Summit, one of the greatest coaches to ever coach the game. Uh, the 96 to 98 Tennessee Lady Vols were one of the best basketball teams of all time, just in incredible uh, team. The, this next team, as much as I hate to admit it, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, uh, 2003 to about like this year, uh, one of the greatest teams ever as a Mavs fan. I hate to say that. It hurts me to say that. Uh, but San Antonio Spurs, one of the greatest teams uh, of all time. While we're on the subject of basketball, the 96 to 98 Bulls, uh, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, uh, that group was incredible. And uh, uh, what, what an amazing team they were. Um, and, and, and let's turn to football now. One of the greatest teams of 2001 to 2004, New England Patriots. Nobody likes them, but they won a lot of games, right? Uh, They probably cheated to get there, but they won uh, a lot of games. One of the greatest football teams uh, of all times. Uh, In in college football, if you're talking about the greatest, 2009 to 2012, nobody did it like like the Crimson Tide. Alabama had one of the the best runs of all time. And and then on the subject of football, uh, 92 to 95 Dallas Cowboys. uh, One of the greatest teams of all time. We were having a conversation with a friend last night, and I, he's a huge Cowboys fan. I, I said, you realize it's been two decades since you guys did anything, right? Uh, and, and so, Cowboys fans, I don't mean that as an insult. I'm just saying, think about it. 95 was a long time ago, right? Uh, 95 was, was a while back. And then you can't talk about the greatest teams without having the greatest team, right? Uh, the New York Yankees, the 98 to 2000 New York Yankees, one of the greatest baseball teams ever ever. Put together one of the greatest teams that money can buy. And as a Yankees fan, I'll, I'll gladly admit that. But they're great teams. Here's the thing about these teams each one of these teams uh, had some special players on it. They had some really special players on it, but none of them could have accomplished alone what they were able to accomplish together. Lots of teams have great players and don't turn out being great teams. And so, none of these great teams could have accomplished alone what they accomplished together. In fact, there's something about being a part of a great team that leads us to be more successful in our lives, there's something about being a part of a a group. Or, or a family, or a community, a, a team that helps us achieve more, and stretches us to grow more, and, and helps us to grow in ways that, and succeed in ways that we just can't accomplish on our own. It's almost like that's how God designed us. It's almost like God made us so that we would only achieve our best within the context of community, as a part, as we stay with the theme here, as a part of the the team, that he designed us in such a way that we would grow more, that we would accomplish more, that we would be more only when we're a part of community. And the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about the importance of community and why we need each other. And if you have a Bible this morning, open it to Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, no need to panic. All the words will be on the screen behind me. You can follow along there. If you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you one this morning. So on your way out, if you stop by the Connection Center, uh, it would be our honor to give you a gift of your very own Bible this morning. But the Bible is divided up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is a record of the history and movement of God before the coming of his son Jesus into the world. And everything in the Old Testament points forward that one day God will send a rescuer to rescue people, uh, from their sins, that's the story of the New Testament. It's the story of the rescuer, of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. The New Testament uh, records his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, that means he came back to life, and the beginnings of his early church. And so we're going to be in the New Testament this morning to start out with. In Romans chapter 12, Romans was written by a guy named Paul, who was a follower of Jesus, and he would write letters to these new churches, a lot like ours, full of uh, people who are trying to follow Jesus with their life. And he He would instruct them how to live. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 5, here's what Paul says. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. So it is with the church. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. And then Paul says this, So we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. You see, according to this passage, it's good for me to be a part of community. It's good for me to be a part of a team, a group of people who are walking in unity in the same direction, pursuing the same things in life, a group of people that I can walk th- on top of the mountaintops of life with, and I can walk through the valleys of life with, the, the, that I can celebrate with, and I can also face storms with. And people say all the time, there's no I in team. Well, of course there is, because a team is made up of a lot of eyes. A lot of me's, a lot of you's, a lot of Eyes. It's a made up of a lot of Eyes, And, and what, what Paul is saying here, what, what, he's, what he's saying is that we actually need each other. That, that we actually need each other if we're going to be everything that God has called us to be. It brings us to our big idea this morning that we want to focus on in our time together. And that's this, that living life on a team is God's answer to my isolation. That that living life as a part of community is God's answer to the loneliness and isolation in life. And so that begs us to ask the question this morning, why do I need a team? Why do I need to be a part of a team? Why do I need to live in the context of community? I want to give you two quick reasons this morning. The first one is this, that isolation leads to loss in my life. When it's just me, it's just I. I'm just focused on me and my and I, and and I'm isolated from community. It leads to loss in my life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, the Bible says this, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken." You see, God's word is crystal clear when it comes to our need for each other. And the wisdom found in this book from God's word in Ecclesiastes is wisdom that we would recognize anywhere in life. If someone just came up and said, It's better to have two people if you stumble and fall in life because one person's there to pick you up, we would go, Yes, that's true. Of course, that's true. It's better when life hits you and knocks you down that you already have relationships and friendships built into your life that you have people who can come alongside you and pick you up. We would say, yes, of course, that's true. And that's what the Bible is teaching us here. Simply put, here's what, here's what the wisdom of God's Word is saying. We're better together. We are better together. Together, but so many times, for various reasons and for various struggles in life, we choose to live in isolation instead of community. We, we choose to live in loneliness instead of as a part of a team. For many of us, the struggle is that we live our day-to-day lives outside of any real uh, essence of community, outside of any real part of a team. And isolation can lead to some serious struggles and some serious losses in our lives. Things like this. Well, I'm the only one who. You ever felt that way? Living in isolation and you think, well, I'm the only one who struggles with this. That's one of the enemy's greatest tools to think that you're the only one who struggles with whatever it is that you struggle with. No, no one else goes through this battle that I go through. I'm the only one who struggles with this issue. I'm the only one who struggles with this sin. I'm the only one who faces these challenges. I'm the only one who has these difficult days. And we buy into the lie because we're living in isolation. Or, or we think, well, I'm all alone. I'm just all alone. I don't have anyone in my life. I'm just lonely. I'm alone. I'm isolated. And and the truth is when we step into isolation, we live in isolation and away from community, we can start to believe that lie. Or we say, well, I'm just unnoticed. Like no one cares about me. No one notices me. No one, no one, no one knows I even exist. No one sees my struggles. No one sees the difficulties in my life. I'm just so Unnoticed, And we start to believe those lies of isolation. Here's the danger of living apart from community, of doing life alone. Here's the danger. Living in isolation leads to spiritual victimization. It leads us to live in a place where we just live in this victimized status, that we're spiritual victims, that we have to go through life alone. And we start thinking that the whole world's against us and that no one identifies with us and no one understands our struggles and we're the only one who's facing these challenges and we're the only one who's facing these battles and we're the only one who's facing these storms and that's the danger of living in isolation because isolation isn't a fact. It's a feeling, and our feelings will betray us, and the feeling of isolation will always lead to loss in our life and not benefit. Isolation will always lead to loss in our life, but it doesn't have to be that way, because the second thing about needing a team is this, that community leads to wins in my life. Isolation will lead to loss in my life, but community will lead to wins. In my life, I want to give you three quick wins that you can only experience if you're a part of a team, if you're a part of a community, if you're a part of a a group of friends and people who are walking toward the same goal, who are living in the same way, who are encouraging one another towards God's best in their life. Three things that happen inside of community and only inside of community. The first one is this, When, when we're living in community, when we're living as a part of a team, we get to celebrate victories and share defeats. We get to celebrate victories and share defeats. Romans chapter 12, verse 15 says, Be happy with those who are happy, and weep with those who weep. 1 Corinthians 12, twelve twenty six 26 says, If one part suffers, all the parts of the body of Christ, the community, suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts suffer. Are glad. You see, there's something about being a part of a team, about being a part of community, about being a part of a a, a group of of friends who are connected together uh, through their relationship with God. There's something about that that makes wins even better. Like, have you ever had something just awesome happen to you? Maybe you got a promotion at work, or you got a raise, or you just had something great happen to you. You, you, Your kids actually went to bed on time for once. If you're a parent, you know, uh, your your child said, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, instead of arguing with you for 10 minutes. Maybe you are a student, and you thought you failed the test, and you actually got a B on the test. And you just have something awesome happen to you, and you get in your car, and you're like, man, i, I got to tell somebody about this. Like, like, I've got to share this with somebody. That's naturally what we want to do, right? We want to tell people about the victories and the wins in our life. When we're living in community, it allows us to do that. It allows us to, to be happy with those who are happy, to, to, to celebrate with those who are celebrating. Like the Bible says, we, we can't do that apart from community. But it also allows us to walk through the the valleys of life with people, and to have people who will walk through the valleys of life with us. Because the Bible also says to mourn with those who mourn, that that when one part of the body suffers, all suffers. And there's times when life just gut punches us, and it takes all the wind out of us. And we were having a great day, a great week, a great month, a great year, and all of a sudden something bad happened. We got that phone call, and it took all the wind out of our sails. We left that meeting and we felt so defeated. And at those times in life, it's so important that we're part of community so that we have people who can walk through the valleys of life with us. There's something about being a part of a family, a a, a group, a, a team, a community that makes the suffering days, the difficult days seem lighter. Knowing that we have someone to share the burden with us. I don't know if... May have noticed these cool lockers behind us. These came from uh, the Dublin ISD. They let us uh, have these. They were doing some remodeling. And we saw these and we thought, well, we'll take those and we'll use those as stage design. And if you're looking at them and you're thinking, those look really heavy. Uh, They are, so I've been told. I didn't pick them up, but so I've been told uh, they're really heavy. We were going to go pick them up on a Monday, and uh, our college pastor, Nathan, came up here, and he's like, man, I I need to talk to you about some college events that are coming up. Uh, The semester was just about to start, and he's like, can we meet this afternoon? I'm like, sure we can. About five minutes later, uh, some of the guys that that are on our team walked in and said, hey, we're going to Dublin to pick up those lockers. Do you guys want to go? And I was like, unfortunately, Nathan just walked in here, and we need to have this meeting. You guys go ahead and have fun with that, right? And so we thought they'd be back in like 30, 45 minutes, and 30 minutes turns into an hour. An hour turns into an hour and a half. An hour and a half turns into two hours. Finally, Nathan and I leave because, like, we're done for the day, uh, closing up the office. Uh, we go home and go, go on about our business. And then the next day, I come in here, and the lockers are just laying on the stage. And, and I went up to the guys, and I was like, hey, guys. Those lockers, are they heavy? And they like just like, we don't even want to talk to you. you. You and Nathan go back to your meeting. We don't have anything to say to you, right? Um, and here's the thing. They had several people go and move the lockers, but still it was a big job. It was a heavy burden to carry. It was a heavy burden to lift. And we know when it comes to the physical, we know this to be true, that, that, that the more hands you have to help, the lighter the load. And that's true in our spiritual journey, that's true in our emotional journey, that's true in our journey of life. That the more people we have to step in and help us when times get tough, that it lightens the load. One of the wins of being a part of a team, of doing life in community, is that you get to celebrate victories, but you also get to share the load when life gets tough. A second win about being a part of a community, about being a part of a a group of people who are walking in the same direction, pursuing God, is this, that you become a better player. When, when you're a part of the team, you become a better player. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 says, "So encourage each other and build each other up. You see, when you're doing life as a part of a team, we have others in our lives who will encourage us who will build us up, who will keep us accountable, who will challenge us to become a better version of ourselves. When when I live in community, and when I choose to live in community instead of isolation, I'm a better parent, I'm a better spouse, I'm the best version of me that I can be, because I have people who are encouraging me, who are building me up, and who are challenging me to be everything that God has created me to be. So the question is this, where are you part of a team? where you have a small group of people who are challenging you to be the best version of you? Where is that happening in your life? That you have relationships with people who will encourage you and build you up and push you to be the best version of you that God has created you to be. Because when I'm a part of a team, a part of community, it makes me a better player. And then finally, the last the last. benefit, the last win that community leads to in my life is this, I become a part of a family. When I live in community, it lets me be a part of a family. You know, the story of God, if you read the Bible from start to finish, the story of God, the story of God's work in humanity is this, that God takes the lonely and he places them in families. That's why the church exists. That's why community within the the, the, the kingdom of God exists because God wants to take those who are lonely and he wants to place them in families. And when you and I choose to live in community, we get to be a part of a family. The Bible says this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. It says, finally, all of you should be of one mind. What what, the, what Peter means when he says that literally is that you should be like one family mindset. You should have one way of thinking like a family would that's what he means there another version of this passage says this and now this word to all of you you should be like one big happy family why would Peter say that to the church? Well here's why there are over there, there are 59 one another commands in the Bible that you cannot practice apart from community. Fifty-nine things in the Bible that we are commanded to do by God that we cannot practice if we're living outside of a group of people who are walking together toward pursuing Jesus. Things like love one another. If you're living in isolation, you can't love one another. Serve one another. If you're living in isolation, you can't serve one another. Pray for one another. Honor one another. Instruct one another. Confess sins to one another. Carry one another's burdens. Offer hospitality to one another. Build up one another. Over 59 direct commands in God's word that we can only obey if we are living as a part of community. We can only obey them if we get ourselves into a team. If we get ourselves into community. Why? Because one of the expressions that God gave the church was a family. And when we are part of community, connected to others, we get to live out the commands that God has given us so that we would be able to experience deep relationships in the context of family. You see, here's... Here's the importance of community. Here's why it's so important that we have a group of people who are pushing us toward God's best in our life, who are walking with us through the mountaintops and the valley lows. Here's the importance of community. God's answer to our sin is Jesus. But God's answer to our isolation is each other. God sent Jesus so that we could be healed and forgiven of our sin and that we could be mended from the brokenness of living in a sinful world. But God sent us each other so that we could battle loneliness. God sent us each other so that we could battle isolation. God sent us each other so that we would know what it's like to have deep, meaningful relationships. God's answer to our sin is Jesus, but God's answer to our isolation is each other. That's why we need community. God gave us the gift of each other so that we could live in community as part of a team so that we could experience the full blessings of God in our life. I have one of my baseball medals with me this morning. This is actually... Uh, one of the state championship baseball medals for a group uh, back in the day that was called RAs. It was like a, a, a group for, for boys in churches, and you could go compete in, like, track meets, and they had all these teams of baseball and stuff like that. And, and this is one of the first gold medals I ever won playing baseball. And if you go to my house in Gorman, actually in Desdemona, you'll see the house I grew up in, you'll see tons of first-place trophies, baseball trophies that I won. You'll see tons of gold medals From baseball that I've won. I've got tons of gold medals. Uh, You'll see all star jerseys with my name on the back because I was selected to all star teams. You'll see first place ribbons galore from my days in Pee Wee and Little League and Pony League. I've even got UIL state medals hanging hanging at the house on on my wall from the, the state tournament teams that I was a part of. Here's the thing I'm terrible at baseball. I'm just terrible at it. Um, I'm not a good baseball player. Uh, you know, I don't throw the ball well. I'm always about four seconds late with my swing. Um, you know, they put me on first base, and if you played first base, no disrespect, but first base is where you put the biggest target who's the slowest player and can't throw. I played first base all my life. That's what I played on baseball. I'm a terrible baseball player. In fact, you'd look at all those medals, and you look at all those trophies, and you'd be like, I want that guy to teach my kid how to play baseball. No, you don't, because I'm terrible at it. I'm just absolutely terrible at it, but here's the thing. Over and over and over again in my life, I was surrounded by some teammates who made me better. I was surrounded by some teammates who were a lot better at baseball than me, And, and because I was a part of a team, I was able to achieve more than I ever could have achieved on my own. Because I was a part of a team, I was, I was able to, 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 to go to a level that I never could have went on my own. And all those trophies and all those gold medals have nothing to do with the baseball ability because I'm terrible at baseball. And they have everything to do with the testimony of the power of a team. Because a team will help you achieve more than you can ever achieve on your own. Community will help you go farther in your relationship with God than you could ever go on your own. Why? Because we're better together. We're better together. That's the power of a team. That's the power of community. Let's pray together. God, we thank you.